the actress, Mary Pickford, said, the thing we call failure is not falling down, it is staying down. Hmm. The late president of India, Nehru, said, the wheel of change moves on, and those who were down go up, and those who are up go down. Hmm. That's life, isn't it? Sometimes we're moving up, and other times we're moving down. It's the way of things. That's how it is. Now, staying centered through life's ups and downs is one of the benefits of spiritual practice because spiritual practice gives us, well, access to that somewhere inside where we can drop an anchor into a place that doesn't change while everything is changing and going up and down. Because things change, have you noticed? <laughs> Systems change. Bodies change. Relationships change. Governments change. Wars change us and the world that we live in. And the spiritual practices that we learn at the center, affirmative prayer, meditation, selfless service, spiritual study, circulation, which means giving and receiving, gratitude and appreciation. These teach us how to navigate through this world, through this life, in which everything is a sea of change. And they teach us by leading us to that place within that is permanent the place from which all of our courage comes, from where our kindness comes, from where love comes, to our hearts. I have known people in my life who live in that space, in their heart space, um, or in the awareness of the permanence within who through their practice of whatever it is, loving kindness, mindfulness practice, service to the world, prayer, meditation, charitable giving, whatever it is, people who know that there is that place within them that is permanent. And I believe anybody can live from that place, from that way or can learn to live from that place. Because this inner place I'm talking about, this place of quiet confidence, is available to all. It's universal. It's everywhere present. And I believe that knowing the way to that place is what gives us the strength to take in all of life's ups and downs without losing courage. These practices help us to see the light even when we are in the middle of the darkness. And I'm interested in that for my life. I'm interested in that skill set. And I'm interested in it for you and for everybody. Now, I'm not talking about mere positive thinking. You know, pick yourself up, brush yourself off, and start all over again. Well, that's important indeed. As important as those moments when we are flat on the floor, face down in the mud, after we fall down. 
You know, there's a popular phrase right now in the realm of mental and spiritual and physical health. It's called this, toxic positivity. Have you heard that? Toxic positivity. Toxic positivity describes an obsession with positive thinking. It's the belief that uh, people should put a positive spin on everything, even those experienced in life which are profoundly tragic. Even those experiences in life that are profoundly disturbing, it's the obsession with always looking on the bright side of life. It shows up as telling people who've had a painful loss that everything happens for a reason. Or that happiness, even in the midst of tragedy, is a choice. And a choice that if you're not making, you're not spiritual enough. I read a newspaper article, oh, way back, about, let me quote it, certain churches fostering a maddeningly upbeat pep rally atmosphere in which anyone experiencing a crisis of faith must either cover it up, shape up, or ship out. Now, the article wasn't about our center. <laughs> Nevertheless, it's something to think about, isn't it? Especially in a faith community like ours that teaches that our mind is creative, that we play a role in how our lives roll out. Uh, we are responsible in some measure for how we behave and show up and respond. And so it is very important for us not to slip into toxic positivity. That we remain compassionate with each other and with ourselves as we face the trials and the difficulties of life because you may have noticed we will and do have trials and difficulties. And silencing our negative emotions or dismissing grief or ignoring sadness is not healthy and it most certainly is not spiritual. The article goes on to say, there is a tendency among these church groups to promise people that if they dedicate themselves to the teaching, their lives will suddenly be better. When that doesn't happen, people can tend to sink into serious depression. Wow. Well, spiritual living is more than a quick fix. It's a lifelong process of growth and discovery and regrowth and rediscovery. It's a journey to the heart where love is. That's where you have to make yourself at home. Thank you, Peter, Paul, and Mary. It is, really. It's not a quick fix. Now, the topic for today is falling forward. And it's related to our work, our careers, the way we show up. But it's a topic about life. It's about picking ourselves up again. And in our faith tradition, there is this strong emphasis on getting up again after the fall. It's great. And today, 
I want to talk about that time between falling down and getting up. Because there is a a lot of rich value and meaning there and power. And not talking about looking for the silver lining. I'm talking about embracing those times like in my life when things were not working out the way I visioned them, wanted them to. Times that were disappointing, heartbreaking. Times that left me feeling crushed, betrayed, embarrassed. John Barasenko calls these moments the dark night of the soul. Between no longer and not yet. (sighs) Have you ever been in that place? No longer and not yet. I don't like to be in that place. It is uncomfortable as can be. So you know what I do? I try to rush through it to get to the next thing as quickly as possible with a smile on my face. (laughs) I try to get out of it as quickly as possible. And if you have ever tried to force something before its time is due, then you know just how problematic that can be. (laughs) I don't mind telling you that in my life I have made a skill out of avoiding discomfort. The problem I've discovered with that approach is that avoiding discomfort is equal to avoiding life. The poet Robert Frost said, the only way out is through. Ugh. Well, when I'm in that uncomfortable place, for example, of disappointment, I typically feel the frustration of wanting something else to happen instead of what is happening. And when that doesn't work, (laughs) it's very easy for me to slip into self-criticism. I treat myself poorly when I've fallen down. Thinking it will inspire me to get up. It's not how it works. The philosopher and scientist Blaise Pascal said, I have discovered that all human evil comes from this being unable to sit still in a room. (laughs) Now, I don't know about the evil part, (laughs) but I have noticed that during times of trouble, for me, I can have a very busy mind that is not still at all. And right at the time when I intuitively know that I could do with some peace, My mind and my emotions are busy and frantic and fast and hot. Even though I know that the best thing for me, the most restoring thing for me would be to have some peace and quiet. 
and to let my natural connection to the universe and its wisdom and its life rise up in me to instruct me. I, I can't get there. Hmm. I haven't always known how to get there in my life. I didn't know how to do it always. I had to learn. You see, part of my problem was, in the beginning, I thought stillness was the absence of noise. I thought stillness was the absence of thought activity. I thought stillness was having no negative feelings. I was wrong. I learned stillness is so much more than that. It's more like a state of deep inner acceptance. And everybody gets to their stillness in a way that matches them. And some people get to it by letting their physical body very mindfully become as motionless as possible. Some people get to it through singing and dancing. Some people get there through mindfulness practices. Now, you know, like giving their full attention to whatever it is that they're doing. could be making a cup of tea. It could be tending to a sick friend or parent. It could be gardening. It could be talking to a trusted advisor. Giving their full attention to the moment. And each person has their way. For me, the way to stillness is through sitting still and accepting. Accepting what is happening without giving up. Accepting my role in it, if that's appropriate. So when I fall now, and I'm in that place of no longer, not yet, I take a moment and I breathe. And I go over my body part by part. And I imagine it at rest, being pulled down by gravity. And with each breath in, I imagine that I'm breathing in the wholeness and the peace of creation. And with each breath out, I imagine that part of my body relaxing further. And if necessary, I say to myself gently, I am here. And, and then when I can, I ask myself something like, Edward, can I please talk to myself kindly while I'm down here? Can I please give myself the space and the time to be here in this in-between space? Can I please, just for a moment, let Everything be as it is, including me. So I loved Karen's song. Sometimes I need only to stand wherever I am to be blessed. And it has come to my awareness that stillness now for me isn't the absence of noise. It's a state of being in which I am aware of the noise of life. I'm still aware of the activity of life. I'm still aware of everything going on, but in a different way, more like an observer without being caught up in it, 
without being overwhelmed by it, without being drawn into it. It's almost, if I can say, it's like watching a movie, but not being in the movie, noticing, taking it in, understanding, understanding that it's a movie. So the acceptance is not giving up. It's a pause, a restful, nourishing, pause, a journey back to my heart where love is, to the place that is permanent and unchanged, that is in the original state, always. Everybody has at least one dark night of the soul. Everybody. Or some variation of it. Loss. Challenge, unexpected change, disappointment, disconnection, failure, something. Everybody. have never ever met anybody who hasn't had one. And there is no easy answer that explains why we have them. Or how to go through them or what value we gain from going through them. It's highly personal and individual. <sighs> the author Lynn Hall said something really interesting about this topic. She said, or wrote, we did not change as we grew older. We just became more clearly ourselves. <sighs> Yes, that's it, I think. That's life's journey. It's a journey of becoming more clearly ourselves. And I guess we go on this journey through living and falling and resting and getting up and all the things. <laughs> So, so today I have some questions on my mind and maybe one of them will stimulate you to journal. How have you come back from whatever it is that tripped you up? Hopelessness, distress, sadness, discouragement. How did you get up? There's another one. And how did those defining moments in your life bring you more clearly into being yourself or we could say, in what way was it a falling forward? I suppose we could ask that. And if you are still in that place of no longer and not yet, and a great question to ask is, what in you hasn't changed? Well, everything changed around you. And what is that something? You and I have probably had enough falls or disappointments that we already know that getting up is important, <laughs> clearly. At the same time, I see now how rushing through the in-between phase hasn't served me very well. Perhaps you know what I mean. If you've ever had a, a fall from which you didn't think you could get up. Maybe the disappointment was so deep that was disorienting, or maybe the sadness so profound 
or the fear so intense or whatever it is. And now I know I, I don't advise rushing through that, denying it, or going through it alone. And also, there have been times in my life, I must admit, where I have stayed down too long. I've stayed in the space of in-between way too long and delayed my getting up. Maybe you identify. So in summary... There are times in life when it is not appropriate for me to force myself to get up from a fall right away. Two, there are times in life when staying down too long may require a helping hand for me to get better, but not a pep talk, not a positive reframe. And thirdly, there are times in life when it is absolutely all right. If you are ready, and if the spirit of life is urging you to do so, and if you have the trust that the spirit of life within you will guide you, it is absolutely okay to get yourself up and brush yourself off and get going. We are on a journey, each one on our own journey, to our hearts where love is. And that is where we will find ourselves at home. I invite you to breathe in and exhale. With your eyes closed, if that's comfortable, there is only one life. And that life is the life of spirit expressing itself everywhere present all the time. It is the source of all that is and the sustainer of all that is. It is fully available always, everywhere, all the time. I am an expression of this life. My life is an expression of this spirit life, as is the life of every person here. Spirit is the source and sustainer of my being, and I live within its infinite presence. Its infinite love expresses through my heart. Its infinite creativity expresses as my individuality. And I realize today that I am here on purpose through the will and the creation of spirit. And affirming this presence within me then inspires me to grow in willingness to accept the situations of my life that are before me with a deep sense of trust in the divine guidance that remains always present. And so I breathe into the moment, celebrating my growing patience with myself and with the world, and with my growing ability to see into the conditions of life with compassion and wisdom. And today, as I move about the world, I practice mindfully noticing the strands of connectivity, the camaraderie, the beauty, 
And when I struggle, I remember to be the kind and gentle voice of spirit within toward myself and others. And through this prayer, too, I declare myself willing to ask for and receive support. With a grateful heart, I recognize that something wonderful is moving through me in the spiritual realm, a truth that recognizes itself, that transforms me. And I salute that aspect of the divine that is the law, the spiritual law, as a reminder that all of this comes to pass through no effort of will, but through that spirit, the Holy Spirit, that makes all things be. And so it is. <laughs>